Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Hab 360 for this Saturday, April 25th, 2015. I'm your host, Chris G, at ChrisG1980 on Twitter. And well, we'll be with you for the next 60 minutes to bring you the latest on the Montreal Canadiens, as we'll be talking about this series against the Ottawa Senators. Last week, at this time when we were speaking here on Hab 360, the Canadiens had a 2-0 lead in the series heading to Ottawa to face the Ottawa Senators. And then on game number three, first game in Ottawa, well, there was a hero. It was somebody that we did not, well, at least I didn't expect. Looking, drops it back. But fire goes through down in front. Mitchell was looking for that goal. Good Puck moved out. Reach. Wait. Uh, this one's probably number one for me. Uh, you know, I, my overtime goal in Tampa last year was, was pretty special for me there, but um, I just think the importance of this game in the series right now was um, as big as it gets to get that one late and then get the winner. That one feels pretty good. Probably the most liked guy in this room, and I think uh, it translates on the ice. The guys are so happy for him when he has success, and uh, he gives it his all every shift, so uh, so happy for him. So we heard Dale Wee scored a pair of goals to give the Canadians a 2-0 win over the Ottawa Senators for game number three, and that gave the Montreal Canadiens a 3-0 series lead. Was it something you were expecting? 
I doubt it. It's not something that I was expecting uh, either. I had predicted the Canadians to win in six or seven games was my final prediction. So a 3 nothing win, a 3 nothing lead in a series was definitely not something that I was expecting. So 3 nothing, everything was is under control, right? Well, let's hear what happened in game number four. Gilbert, up off the board. CC knocked it down, works it up. Well, that was Mike Hoffman, who scored the only goal of game number four, a one nothing win for the Ottawa Senators. That made the series a 3-1 to in favor of the Montreal Canadiens. Let's hear Carey Price and Brandon Prest and their thoughts on that game. They played desperate hockey. You know, they, uh, they executed well. They, they really uh, stifled us all night. Um, Anderson played well. And... You know, one nothing game. You can't uh, you can't be too uh, too hard on yourself for that. We just need to find a way to score and and uh, go back home and and try and get it done next game. We have to look at it that way. You know, you know, regroup and and kind of put it behind us and and learn from you know what we did wrong tonight. But uh, you know, at the same time, uh, you know, we wanted to finish them just as, as bad as they wanted to stay alive. So um, you know, I thought we came out. Uh, our intensity was good when we came out, but. Uh, we lost it somewhere along the way. So we heard Price and Press saying, well, the Canadians had to regroup. They need to refocus, heading into game number five, which was back here at the Bell Center last night. Well, Coach Michel Terrier, tell us uh, what needs to be done in preparation for game number five. Well, we got to, it's pretty simple tonight. We got to play the best game of the series. That's the way it is. That's the way we see it. It's not complicated. Uh, we played uh, we played a lot of uh, important games through the course of the season, big games, and especially here at the Bell Center, we prepare for that. And uh, uh, I got no doubt in my mind that uh, we're gonna have a solid game tonight. Well, the coach had no doubts. And well, let's see that that materializes. The Canadians have a good game. Turning, Weiss is down in front. He had a good little battle there, going with Anderson. Puck comes across. Well, and that was the Montreal Canadiens' only goal of the game. Tom Gilbert for the Montreal Canadiens. Ottawa Senators go on to beat the Montreal Canadiens by a score of five to one. Let's hear some uh, post-game comments. I don't think we could have had a better start than the way we started. Um, we put pucks on net. We had opportunities to score. Uh, you got to give their goaltender credit. He made some big saves. Um, I thought we did an okay job of taking his eyes away, but you have to do a great job of that to score in the playoffs. I mean, especially against great goaltenders. I thought we played a very good game tonight. We, we controlled the, the pace and, and you know, the momentum for most of the game. Um, you know, they capitalized on a few chances, and that's, that's the game. We saw you know, Anderson get a little bit uh, irritated there at the end when, when we started to try and uh, get more body presence in the net. I think uh, going forward, we're going to need even more of that, and I think he can't stop what he can't see, and, and Weesey did a great job on, Gil, on uh, Gilbo's goal, and we need more of that. And, well, just like that, the Canadians now have a one-game lead in the series. It is 3-2 with game number six scheduled for tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern back in Ottawa. That's when the Canadians will try to finish off 
the uh, Ottawa Senators. There was no practice for the Montreal Canadiens today and no media availability. So we won't have any ideas uh, whether or not there'll be any changes made by the coach heading into uh, tomorrow night's game. But that is our questions that we'll be asking you, our listeners. Is it time for the Canadians to panic? Are you panicking? Or if you're the coach heading into tomorrow's game against the Ottawa Senators, what adjustments would you make if you were the coach? And well, let's throw in a, a third question. Who was the Habs best, who has been the Canadians best forward since the beginning of the series? You can let us know via Twitter at Habs360. You can also give us a toll-free call at 1-877-455-4945. It's a toll-free call from anywhere in North America. So the phone lines are open for the entire episode, and we'll be reading your tweets as we go on today's episode. And joining me today, my co-hosts for today's episode, you can follow me on Twitter at all underscore Habs. He's the editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites. Rick Stevens, welcome back. Hey, Chris. Glad to join you for the full hour today. It's uh, our pleasure. And before we get uh, Rick's uh, comments on what we've seen so far, we're going to go right away to our Habs 360 hotline where Tony is joining us. Tony, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm good, thanks. So, Tony, what's on your mind? Are you panicking? No, I, as I've said many times on Twitter, I'm not a great fan of Michelle Therrien. I don't know why uh, Donchar and Weaver and Parental and Maholcha are sitting back while the Habs are struggling. Playoffs and... is all about ex- experience and skill. Uh, and I think and what would have made a big difference. So what do you think these guys would have brought to the Montreal Canadiens? Like, what do you think uh, the difference they would have brought into this series? Because, example, if I look at the Canadiens, uh, the leading point getter so far in the postseason, first place I'll see P.K. Subban with three points, and then I see Mitchell and Flynn with three points each. But Mitchell, let four go- was, there was four goals against him with him on the line last night. He's only put the goals in in the first game, and then you've never seen anything again. Mm-hmm. And um, Maholcha is a way better face-off man than, than Mitchell. I've noticed all the face-off, important face-offs that Mitchell has, uh, was involved in. I don't think he's won any of the important ones. Cost him a few goals. So now, Tony, in uh, in what state of mind are you? Are you panicking? Do you think the Canadians will come up in game number six and win? Or do, do you think the momentum has gone over to the Ottawa Senator side? If Michelle Therrien doesn't change some, player, some players, I don't think that Montreal will win the series. So it's not looking good in your on your mind so far, the way exactly. you're seeing things. Okay, well, Tony, I'm, I'm for, I hope you're wrong. <laughs> I hope that the Canadians do come out and uh, win game number six, regardless whether or not uh, Coach Terry makes some changes. Well, I hope they do, but uh, the way it looks, uh, it's not going to happen because we need some goals and we need some 
some experience. And uh, these rookies don't have experience. And you notice Ottawa has all their veterans playing. Except for Chris Neal, right? He's a veteran. He played a couple of games. Last game he wasn't uh, wasn't out there. Thank you very much. His veteran veteran defensemen are playing. Yeah, so we'll see how that turns out. Thank you very much, Tony. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five is uh, the toll free number to reach us. You can also send us your tweets at tabs three sixty. And Tony, he's a loyal listener and he's a loyal tweeter, so we really do appreciate Tony and everybody. Even though I don't see eye to eye with Tony, I, st- I really do appreciate his uh, his comments. So, so Rick, uh, before we go into a little bit more details about uh, what we've seen in the past seven days. On my end, if last week you would have told me that the Canadians would have scored three goals in their next three games, and all those three goals would have been scored by Dale Weiss or Tom Gilbert, I would have thought the Canadians would have gone 0-3 and actually be trailing the series. Um, and, and, and I agree with you there. Um, but I just also want to support... Um, your your comment, Tony. He, he he's a loyal listener. He he tweets me all the time, and um, he's certainly passionate about the way he feels. He makes uh, some good points and some that I can go along with. Um, you know, he's right that, uh, and I think he read that in my my uh, game recap last night that Tori Mitchell was on the ice for four of the five goals against. Uh, Brandon Prust was on for three. Um, so the I think the the Canadians have have gotten what they um, you know their fourth line they contributed early in the in the uh, series um, and and it's now really time for the the top six to um, to, to to step up um, as far as as the faceoff abilities uh, Tori Mitchell's been okay in the in the faceoff he's uh, at 51.5% for the playoffs. Um, Thomas Placanitz has been having a tough time. He's at uh, just over 42%. It's been Lars Eller who has been uh, dominating in the face-off uh, circle at, at about 56%. Um, but back to your question, and, and, and you know, the, the Canadians, um, of those, of those three three games, yes, they scored three goals, but they lost. They lost. Again, that when you have Dale Weiss and Tom Gilbert being your uh, your contributors, uh, you have to wonder where everybody else is. And um, is it time to panic? I, I don't. I don't know if it's time to be panicky, but it's time to be very concerned. And and I I said so after uh, game four. I noticed that throughout this series, um, the Ottawa Senators have not been playing like they had been playing. Um, you know, th- that that long run they went on to get into the playoffs. They were a really confident bunch coming into the playoffs, but they were a little more tentative um, as the playoffs began. And I personally, I didn't see their confidence until midway through the third period of game four. And that's when they, um, the, the, uh, the winning, the game winning goal. 
Um, and after that point, they played with poise and confidence. And, and um, the last the last ten minutes of the game, the Canadians didn't get a sniff. They they had a hard time getting um, Carey Price out of the net to try and tie it. Um, and they came into to game five with that, that same confidence. And even though um, Montreal pressed at the beginning um, and had some, you know, they they had a lot of shots, not many good scoring opportunities, but um, Ottawa played with that confidence. They weathered the storm. And then when they had a chance, um, Dave Cameron has made those changes throughout the series, and he made another one uh, for, for game five, and that was sending all his troops to the net Crowded, obscuring the vision of Carey Price, and they um, exploded for for five goals. So uh, I'm going to ask you a trick question, Rick. All right, it's a real right. game. Uh, all right, it's gonna. Uh, it has to be a 15 second or less answer. So the timer will Uh-oh. begin as soon as as I've done asking the the question. So it's gonna be like Family Feud. Okay. Rapid, rapid. Okay. Yeah, it'll be one question. So that one question, you have 15 seconds or or less, and <laughs> you'll be able to expand on it throughout the the rest of uh, of today's episode. Uh, Got it. In, fif- in 15 seconds or less, why did the Habs lose the last two games against the Senators? It's been. Um... It's been a it's it's been not driving to the net, not disturbing Craig Anderson. So there you go. There's your answer. You you hit the time frame, Rick. So that's the 15 second uh, within the 15 seconds, and I'll, I'll let you expand uh, during today's episode. That's uh, that's for sure. So just to remind sure. our listeners, uh, the main I well let me say my answer first. I think the reason Canadians have been struggling, sorry, that they've lost the last two games, is I don't think the right players are in the top six for the Montreal Canadiens, and nothing is working right now on uh, on the power play. So I wanted to give something different than uh, than what uh, Rick gave us. So our question to you, our listeners, do you agree with uh, with us or do you disagree? Let us know. You can do it via Twitter, at Habs360, and you can let us know via telephone, Toll-free at 1-877-455-4945. On the other side of the break, well, as we know, there's lots to talk about, so we'll start covering the subjects. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. Want the latest Habs news with game reviews, reviews, and highlights? Tell about full coverage of development camps and special events. Looking to follow the Hamilton Bulldogs more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got everything you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs 360 podcast and Anthony from Martocanvas.com are pleased to announce the Habs contest will run during every Habs game in the playoffs and will give you an opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of Art2Canvas.com. Follow Habs360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details and for high-quality canvas start at a reasonable price. 
visit r2canvas.com. Good luck. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. All right, welcome back to uh, Habs 360 here on allhabs.net. I'm Chris G at Chris G1980 with uh, Rick Stevens on uh, his Twitter handle is all underscore Habs. So our phone lines are open for the entire episode today. You can also send us tweets. Uh, at, at Habs360. The tweets are coming in. We'll uh, discuss them uh, in a couple of moments here on today's episode. So the questions that we're, that we're asking is, well, there's, what adjustments would you, would you make if you're the head coach of the Montreal Canadiens? Would you make any changes to the lineup? Uh, to the power play, which is one of the reasons that I uh, that I spoke about before the break, is it um, just a tactical change? What is it? There's many options to uh, to let us know, and we'll get started on that. Uh, first, here's a clip of uh, Cameron following last night's game. Well, when you're when you're an Arab shoes there and we were facing elimination I mean the pressure's on us and each game you win to, to live another day the pressure I think shifts a bit towards Montreal So Rick Cameron thinks now the pressure has switched over to the Montreal Canadiens do you agree with that statement? Um, I mean he's he's playing the coaching game and and uh, it's it's what a coach should say you know, the bottom line is uh, Ottawa has to win two games they, uh, of uh, both games uh, or they're out. And uh, the Canadians just have to win one of the two. So, um, yes, there's increased uh, pressure on the Canadians. I, I think that, um, you know, most people are expecting the, the series to come back to, to Montreal. I would like to see them win it in in um, in Ottawa. Uh, otherwise, I think maybe the pressure will be on Montreal when they uh, come back to uh, the Bell Centre. But but um, you know, I I think he's just playing the coaching game uh, and and he knows it. Um, the the 
the pressure is increasing on the Canadians, but but uh, for the most part, it's there on the, the Senators. Well, I think one thing that he's uh, he's right about is that every time the Ottawa Senators uh, win a game, the pressure sort of starts shifting towards uh, the Montreal Canadiens side because even now, when it comes into confidence, uh, I think that the Ottawa Senators are gaining more and more confidence especially after last night's game, finished by a score of uh, 5-1. The Senators now know that they could beat the Montreal Canadiens. They know that they could score on uh, on Carey Price. Where on the other side, Canadiens, they haven't been able to score on the Senators' uh, goaltender, on Anderson. So I think the momentum in terms of confidence is towards uh, in the Ottawa Senators' Favor, so I think it's very important for game number six, which is tomorrow. The Canadians come out strong, just like they did in game number five uh, last night. I think the Canadians in the first half of the first period, they were they dominated that first period. The Ottawa Senators, I think they took their first shot. It was what ten or eleven minutes into uh, into the game, and it's really important the Canadians start off the same way in game number six. With the only difference that I would add to it is, well, try to score a goal instead of a line one against the uh, against the Ottawa Senators. So, Rick. Yeah, I. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to agree with you. Um, I, I think that that the Canadians have to get back to. You know, we were quite surprised. I think when we saw. Um, the Canadians driving to the net in, in uh, against Andrew Hammond. Um, you know, obviously there was a bit of a scouting report there uh, that he's slow, uh, has slow lateral movement. So they were driving to the net, doing wraparounds, those kinds of things. Um, but we we haven't seen that at all against Craig Anderson. And I think it's one thing to get shots, and they had 46 shots last night. But in the game recap, I I put up the shot attempts and drew a circle around uh you know the 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 crease section and and the prime scoring area and there was very very few uh, shot attempts from that that point it was a it was a, a a perimeter game that they were playing and yes we want to see them come out strong like they did uh last night but we also want to see them uh getting getting shots from good scoring areas and getting good scoring opportunities as well as just uh, you know, firing it in um, from the perimeter. Um, I, th- I think that's the key. And, and of course, getting traffic in, in uh, front of the net. Uh, Max Pacioretty in the clip that you played earlier uh, said that, uh, you know, they have to take away Craig Anderson's eyes. Kerry Price mentioned it four times last night, four separate times he mentioned that uh, his forwards have to get in and, and obscure the vision of, of Craig Anderson because uh, they that's something they haven't been doing at all um, since he took over in the Ottawa crease. And the auto centers on their end, if we look at last night's goals, uh, if it wasn't all five goals, at least four of them, there was a screen in front of Carey Price where he wasn't able to, to see them or Carey Price would have to fight some players out of the way. And sometimes... Even the goals that were scored against the Canadians, it even happened that even Carey Price's own teammates, his own defensemen, 
were in front of him and he wasn't able to uh, to see the puck going in. In terms of uh, another factor that I mentioned that I think the Canadians uh, have lost the last two games is because not the, the the I don't think the right players are in the Canadians' top six in their lineup. And I just want to play this clip that from last night's press conference where Francois Gagnon from RDS asked a couple of questions to Michel Terrier in regards to uh, Lars Zeller's ice time. Let's hear the clip and we'll talk about it on, on the other side. Qu'est-ce que Lars Zeller doit faire pour avoir plus de temps de glace? Quand on finit dans un rôle plus défensif, il a commencé dans sa zone. Ça fait deux matchs qui est assez actif en dépit du temps de jeu. Euh, Qu'est-ce qu'il doit faire peut-être pour en avoir davantage? On, on joue pas mal à quatre lignes. Le troisième trio et le quatrième trio jouent pas mal le même temps de glace. Troisième, quatrième, oui, mais par rapport à, aux deux premiers que je veux savoir. On joue à quatre trios. Uh, so, Rick, uh, just a quick <laughs> translation. Uh, François Gagnon, the report from RDS, asks uh, Michel Terry, what does Lars Zeller have to do to get more ice time and the coach in his first answer says well a third and fourth line for third and fourth line get a similar ice time we roll with four lines and then Fuasa Gagno did a great job in asking a follow-up question on that is yeah but what about with the tops with the first two lines and the only answer that Michel Terrien provided was well we roll with four lines so Rick uh Arguably, I will say at least since the trade deadline, uh, Lars Zeller, in my opinion, has probably been the most consistent, if not the best, forwards of uh, the Montreal Canadiens. Yet the coach, he uh, he he doesn't seem to want to put Lars Zeller play on the power play, and even on the regular five-on-five lines, he's played with players like uh, De La Rose. With and nothing against De La Rose, uh, with Dale Weiss, uh, he's played with DSP. He's playing with uh, not the Canadians' best forwards, at least offensively. And I don't know, Rick. What do you think about the way that the coach has used? Let's stick in particular with uh, Lars Eller. Well, I, I agree with you completely that Lars Eller, uh, since the trade line deadline, has been the Canadians most consistent and their best forward, uh, most effective uh, forward. Um, but there's, there's a few things that, that saddle uh, Lars Eller so that those don't convert into points. Number one, his offensive zone starts um, are, are, are few and far between. between. Um, last night he had what, 44% in uh, the offensive zone. He starts in the defensive zone. And last night we saw he would start in the, the defensive zone and the, his shift would end with Craig Anderson having to freeze the puck. So he's, he's moving the puck. He's creating chances. His Corsi rating, if, if uh, we want to look at that, is eight, was 83% in the playoffs. Uh, he leads the team. Um, he's, he's creating chances, but he doesn't have uh, – Lars Eller is a playmaker, and he doesn't have the wingers who can finish. Uh, Arpen Basu, um, midway through the game last night, said – and I'll read it. He, he tweeted, now would be a good time to try giving Lars Eller some wingers who can score. And 
that's that's dead on. Um, you know, uh, Michelle Terrian can can go through and say, well, we roll four lines well. Um, you know, but but Lars Eller uh, played uh, n- not too dissimilar to um, Tori Mitchell last night. There was there was um, the fourth line center. Uh, there was 49 seconds difference. Um, Lars Eller had 49 seconds more in uh, ice time. He he finished the game with uh, 13 minutes and 50 seconds. Now Lars Eller had a really good game. Tori Mitchell had a terrible game. He was on the ice for for four uh, goals against and ended up at a, as a minus two. Um, Lars Eller. You know, there was somebody tweeted last night about, um, oh, it's Haley's comment. Look at Lars Eller is on the, the power play, but he ended up with I think 50 seconds in the on the power play. Um, if he's if he's the big body that is able to possess the puck, to um, you know take it into the zone. If if he's doing all these things, why isn't he getting? Number one, offensive zone starts. Number two, some uh, power play time. And number three, some wingers who can uh, finish the chances that, that he has been creating. It, it just, uh, you know, Michelle Therrien has a, has a blind spot. Um, it, 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 when it comes particularly to David DeHarnay, who's had a horrific series, um, and and to Lars Eller uh, in the opposite way, who uh, can't do any more right than he is, and and isn't getting uh, rewarded for it. And even if we look at some more stats for uh, for Lars Eller from last night, even in the faceoff circle, sixty-seven percent, which was uh, the best in in the team in uh, last night's game, and. I agree with everything you said, Rick, and I, and I find it even more hard to believe because while the Canadians have struggled scoring and they've lost the last two games, if the Canadians would have been winning, if they would have been scoring, and to say that's why the coach didn't juggle the lines, I, I would have given him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, for the power play as well, power play has struggled. One for 19, if I'm not mistaken, in, uh, in this series, that's struggling as well. If the power play would have been at least decent, and Lars Eller wasn't on it. I'd say, you know what? It's don't uh, don't try to fix something that isn't broken. But right now, there's no scoring, there's no power play. I think that adjustment of uh, of having Lars Eller get more ice time. I think, it was, like you mentioned, it was what like 50 seconds more than uh, than Tori Mitchell and the fourth liners. I think that's uh, that's mind boggling, and. A player that uh, I went, I've been talking about more in the first half of the season was David Dernay, where he struggled, where I went to the point where the coach put him down to the third-line winger. And now, well, we sort of see the same thing, where Dernay, and it was the same thing last year in the postseason, where Dernay, in the playoffs, he disappears. No shots on goal once again last night in uh, almost 15 minutes of play. Took a bad penalty as well in the offensive, no, sorry, was in defensive zone, uh, an interference call. And well, right now I think it's time for her, Diagne, uh, to go back on the third line in the wing, if not uh, take him completely out of, um, out of the lineup. 
Uh, Rick, if we look midway through the game, to uh, start the second period, I should say, of last night's game against the Ottawa Senators, uh, the coach did make some uh, some line changes, and this is how the lines looked as of the second period last night. On the first line, well, Dernet was split up from Pacioretty, so we saw a line of Pacioretty, Plekanec, and Gallagher. The second line, Galchenyuk with Dernet and Delwis. Third line was uh, Jacob De La Rose, Lars Zeller, and uh, Devante Smith-Pelly. And on the fourth line, we had Braden Prust, Tori Mitchell, and, uh, and Brian Flynn. Uh, what did you think of those mix-up, or are those uh, better line combinations? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not sure that that that's going to do it. Um, I, you know, I. I think you're you're right when you said, um, you know, David Darnay unfortunately has has not contributed at all in the in the playoffs. He um, this uh, arrangement puts him still on the second line. Um, he he has two points. Uh, only one primary point in the playoffs. Um, he's been averaging over three minutes a game on the power play. He has a single assist uh, to show for it. Um, the the power play, as you said, has been it's been embarrassing. It's anemic. It's been one for 19, 5.3% in the playoffs. Um, and not only did Dayarnay not get a shot on goal last night, he didn't get a shot attempt no miss shots, no block shots. He just isn't, he just isn't contributing at all. And, and if it's a size issue, if he's not able to compete against the, 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 the large defenseman, uh, you know, dropping him down one um, spot to the, to the second line um, is, is not going to be helpful, particularly because I thought that, you know, Galchenyuk hasn't had a particularly good play, uh, uh, postseason either. Um, but I thought he played pretty well last night, and to then uh, put um, Darnay with him, um, you know, again he 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 disappeared. Um, so I I you know it, it's just kind of window dressing. I think I think that um, Michelle Terrian really has to make some some changes. Um, and in particular, the, the power play, it's, it's both personnel and strategy. You know, they, they're, they're going for the, the shot from the point. And really, Markov is the only one who's in motion on the power play. Everybody else is fixed. Um, they have no net front presence at all uh, for screening. And, um, and, and part of that is because, um, you know, uh, Darnay is eating up a, a lot of the power play Time each and every game. And if we go back to to a comment for Galchenyuk, I, I agree that he's that he had a good game uh, last night. But to me, it's gone to the point where I think he scored like what is it two goals in his last twenty something games. At one point, now Galchenyuk, you have to start scoring goals. It's uh, it's nice to say you know what you made some nice moves. You keep possession of the puck. Uh, you go back behind the net from left to right like you always do. Well, at one point, put the puck in the net, right? That's why we play him in, uh, in, uh, in the top six. And if we look from the, from the lines uh, that were to finish off last night's game, the changes that I would make is, well, probably not a surprise based on my earlier comments, I'd bring in Eller 
in uh, the top six, and Dernay would get bumped off down to uh, the third line. And, well, you, you'd that would make a first line of Pacioretty, Plakanitz, and Gallagher, and a second line of Galchenyuk, Eller, and Dale Weiss. And I can't believe I would actually put Dale Weiss as a top six forward for a team that finished first place, uh, sorry, first place in their division, second place, in the uh, in the entire league that they have Dale Weiss on the top six, but hey, you gotta give the guy credit. He scored two goals. I think he's a leading goal scorer for the Canadians in uh, in the postseason. And Rick, at this point, uh, there's players like Pierre Paranto and uh, Sergey Gonchar who aren't playing. Would you start considering these guys or maybe any other of the players who aren't playing right now and start thinking of bringing them in the lineup? Well, it's, um, it, it's, it's possible. It's, it's hard to do that. Um, you know, Sergei, Sergei Gonchar could help the power play, I suppose, but really the, the, the difficulties with the power play haven't been on the back end. Um, you know, uh, they've been getting the puck towards the net and uh, there's just nobody to either deflect it or put in the rebound. Um, as far as I, I know that, that fans have, have been calling for PA Parento and, and, you know, maybe he could uh, take the place of one of the fourth liners uh, play on the third line, but, but displace one of the fourth liners. Um, but, you know, he, he since December 1st, uh, Pierre Parenteau has, has scored two goals uh, and none on the power play. Now, you know, he was out for a bit of, bit of time, but, but it's asking a lot for him to come in and to be your offensive savior um, when, when he hasn't been that all season. And, and um, you know, it's been so long since um, um, uh, he's, he's really contributed in any meaningful way. Uh, I suppose it, it would – you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt, um, but he he is. Uh, you have to acknowledge that he is a defensive liability when he comes in, when he plays. He and he's scoring. He plays well, um, but if he has to defend, he he just doesn't have any interest in it, and he doesn't uh, doesn't play well. So there's always the chance that he he can be exploited defensively. In terms of roster moves, I, the fourth line like. Uh, like you mentioned, Mitchell Flynn, and as Tony mentioned on uh, Twitter several times, and as he told us when he called in earlier in today's episode, he didn't have their best game uh, last night against the uh, the Senators. But I think overall, in the overall series, I think they've done a decent job for what a fourth line is expected to bring. But I wouldn't be opposed of maybe pulling out somebody like Flynn for one game. Now the Canadians are struggling to score goals, and maybe you know what? Let's try in Pierre Paranto, or maybe something a little more drastic. I know it's not going to happen, but let's pull David Dernier out of the lineup and bring a Pierre Paranto and try that out for for one game. But then the whole question is, who plays uh, center? So we're going to take a quick break. Our Twitter board is lit up, plenty of tweets, so we're going to read them on the other side of the break. Our questions are, is it time for the Canadians to panic? And, well, if you were the coach, what adjustments would you make? And 
lastly, you can go vote on neilhabs.net poll question, who has been the Canadiens' best forward since the beginning of the series? This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, search Habs 360 on lawhabs.net or on iTunes for the archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or family. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entry, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, Log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Don't live close to Montreal? Ever feel like you're the only Habs fan in town? Chances are good that there are plenty of fellow fans just around the corner. And HabsTweetUp.com will help you find them. If you're interested in hosting a hockey party in your city, visit HabsTweetUp.com for more details. You'll be connected to other Habs fans near you in no time. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. All right, welcome back to Habs 360. I'm Chris G at Christian1980, along with uh, Rick Stevens at uh, all underscore Habs on uh, Twitter. So we've asked plenty of questions on Twitter, and we've gotten plenty of, uh, of reaction. And it's still not too late to join in the conversation via Twitter at Habs360. And you can also do it uh, by calling us toll-free at one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five. One of the questions that we asked was, is it time to panic? So Joe Batiadi, who is from Windsor, Ontario, writes, you better believe it's time to panic. Power play stinks and no one on this team scores. Oh, and Markov is done and DSP is a bag of crap. Our D is <laughs> soft and Galchenyuk is very ordinary. Should I continue? So <laughs> he didn't. That's where he stopped. So thank you very much for the tweet, Joe. And I guess one name that uh, he mentioned, Rick, in a tweet that maybe we could expand on, Andrei Markov, he hasn't had the best of the series. And we saw it, how it started from game number one, where he ended up scoring in his own goal. 
Yeah, you're right. He, he, you know, I think he was probably the most consistent defenseman uh, throughout the season. Uh, he had a great season. Um, I don't think he's, he's matched that through the playoffs. I, I, I guess I excuse him for that own goal. It was, um, it was a mistake that he would not normally make. Uh, and I know that fans have been getting on him quite a bit because um, uh, we, we, haven't, we haven't seen uh, the Andre Markov, uh, like I said, that we saw during the, the uh, regular season. But I don't know um, if I can be that harsh on him. You know, there was, there was that play last night where he made the drop pass uh, for Subban, Subban didn't pick it up, and it uh, uh, sent Condra in, I think, on the on the breakaway um, uh, for the goal. And uh, again, people jumped on um, Markov for that. I think you know the blame there goes equally between Markov and Subban. But by by that time, it was you know it was pretty well over anyway. Um, I have liked some things that I've seen. Um, of Markov, I mean, he's he's the smartest player certainly, and sees the ice better than uh, anybody but Carey Price. Um, and you know, I, I I like what he has done on the power play. As I mentioned earlier, he's he's uh, in motion uh, all the time. He's the guy who tries to sneak in the back door. We saw that in the first period last night as as he tried to uh, uh, sneak in and just. Uh, you know, the pass didn't connect uh, for the backdoor goal on the power play. Um, I, I, I'm not, uh, there's, there's other problems that are are far more uh, deep and, and uh, than than Andre Markov. I'm, I'm not as critical as him as, as some of the other fans are. And Rick, speaking of that uh, backdoor play from Andre Markov, it was the second time in this series that uh, it came close, but hasn't connected. And I know we're, we're talking about the power play. It's been one for nine. And thinking back, when's the last time that that has actually worked, <laughs> that play? Well, it, I, I recall it in uh, working in the season, but, but you're right. It hasn't worked very often. I think partly because, uh, as I was mentioning earlier, the, the rest of the team is pretty stationary. So, when they set up and they get stationary in the opposition zone, the defenders are able to um, get in the passing lanes and and um, you know so that that backdoor play is is disrupted more often than not. Canadians have to their passes have to be quicker. Their the whole puck movement has to be quicker, um, but they themselves have to be in motion on the power play. They're they're far too stationary. Uh, and then what happens is it becomes predictable, their passes become predictable, their puck movement is slow, and, um, you know, they, it ends up going down the other end and they're, they're in retrieval mode. Uh, just about, I would say about half an hour ago, John Lou from TSN tweeted uh, that Terry says changes are possible for her Game 6 lineup, so we'll see uh, what that means. Uh, going back to our Twitter, at Habs360, Steve writes, fire that excuse of coaching staff. <laughs> okay, so thank you very much for the tweet. And obviously that's not going to happen before uh, tomorrow's game. Uh, Joe Snyder, who is a sports anchor in Chicago, writes, win shifts Habs hockey. That's it, win shifts. 
So thank you, Joe, for uh, the tweet. Uh, Steve, about the panic button, he, he writes, I've been looking for panic button since March deadline. Habs with Dernier's number one center and Terrien, Oublissa, forget about it. So I'm not a big fan of Terrien Dernier, and I don't blame him. I don't think anybody likes uh, Dernier being the top center for uh, the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Don on Twitter, in regards to what changes he would he would make to the lineup, he writes: throw in Andrigetto, give him some place to burn energy, create goal chances, and he would set out De La Rose. He needs to sit and watch for some tough growing pains. Thank you very much for the tweet, Don. But if I'm not mistaken, Andrigetto was not part of the black cases that were called up because I think he's injured. If memory serves uh, correctly. Next tweet comes from Chris LaBelle in uh, BC. The changes he would make is he would play Pierre Paronto and uh, Sergei Gonchar in uh, in game number six. So thank you very much for the tweet, uh, Chris. Gino. Okay, so he would reunite the egg line. So his lines would be Pacioretty with uh, Plekanets. And DSP it would be Prust, Dernet, and Delwis. And then it would be 25 2017. So that's Mahotra. Uh, 17 is Mitchell, and 25 is Delarose. On D, it would be Markov Suban, Emelin, Petrie, and Gonchar, and Patterin. So take out Flynn and Gilbert. And his power play unit would be. Suban with Petrie on uh, at the point, Pacioretty, Galchenyuk, and DSP up front. Second power play unit would be okay. Suban is still up there with Markov and the guests alternating with uh, Gonchar. There'll be Plekanec, Eller, and Brendan Gallagher. So thank you very much for the tweet, uh, Gino. So we still have tweets to read. So we'll um, so we'll keep them coming. But first, Rick, there was a question, allhabs.net uh, poll question. Why don't you give us an update on how that's looking? Let me just refresh it here for you so I can get some uh, up-to-the-minute results. But we asked the question, um, we asked to our readers who has been the best Canadians forward in round one of the playoffs. Um, what we have at this moment is Brendan Gallagher um, is top with uh, 21%. Lars Eller is uh, right behind him at 20%. Dale Weiss third at 18%. And then come uh, Thomas Fukanitz, Tori Mitchell, uh, DSP, Galchaniak, Pacioretty, Flynn, and Dearnay with 1% of the votes. Well, so somebody actually thinks Dearnay is the best. Probably someone playing a prank. <laughs> On the on the site, uh, so keep you can keep voting allhabs.net. It is on the main page of the website. Uh, if we continue with the tweets, next one comes from uh, Patrick. He writes, "Bring in Paranto and Thomas and play a little more." Uh, Rick, at this point, do you see a black case coming in, whether it be Thomas or any of the call-ups that were called up earlier this week? No. Um, Christian Thomas uh, played 18 games this season. He had one goal. 
Um, he's, you know, he he's a, a, an energy kind of guy, um, but he's a small forward who doesn't do well in physical games, and this would not be the series to bring him in to. And, and I, I just don't see uh, any of the – I understand fan frustration. Um, I just don't see any of them. If if somebody comes in, it's going to be a veteran. It it may be a, a Mel Holtra to, to boost the, the penalty kill. That's something we haven't talked about. And as bad as the the um, power play has been, the, the penalty kill is struggling too. Ottawa's uh, – their, their – uh, power play is 31.2% in in this series, which is uh, I think puts them second overall in the playoffs. So the the penalty kill could use some help as well. Uh, but it's going to be one of those. Um, it'll be somebody coming in for Gilbert, uh, somebody coming in for one of the fourth line guys. Um, I, I don't see it being a black ace at all. So you're right. Ottawa's second on the power play with 31%, and Canadians are 15th. And uh, in the penalty kill, and just to finish Patrick's uh, tweet, he would take out uh, Flynn and uh, Jacob De La Rose to make room uh, for the players for Thomas that he mentioned earlier. Uh, next tweet comes from uh, Mo Bouchard. Uh, the changes that he would make is oh, on the power play, he'd put PK Subban on the left side. And then he'd put Markov and Petrie on point. So I'm guessing that would be on the other side. And I guess that's one adjustment that I would definitely make on the power play. I know they switch uh, most of the time during the play, but they always start off with Markov on the left side and Subban on the right side. So I know that it's probably because in case of the clearing, it's easier for them to block it if they're on their natural side. But hey, at this point... You need goals, so be aggressive. Stop those pucks and try to score and put P.K. Subban at, uh, on the opposite side, try to get a bullet past the goalie. Uh, next tweet comes from Geezer. He writes, Manny should be in and Gonchar. So he's bringing in some veterans. So maybe Geezer and Tony are friends. Thank you very much for the tweet. Uh, next one comes from Dudes. Dude writes, I give up with his coach. Has to be the worst at making adjustments. All he does is juggle the lines. Anyone can do that. Well, juggling the lines is part of adjustments. And we saw one of the adjustments he made in uh, game number three, which was uh, bumping up Dale Weiss to a, to a third line, delivered two goals for the Montreal Canadiens and a, a game three uh, victory. So thank you very much for the tweet, Dude's. And I'm wondering if uh, Dude or other people who are, who are now commenting on Michel Terrier, if they had the same comments following game number three when it was a 3 nothing series lead for the Canadians. Uh, Chris, from, Chris LaBelle from British Columbia writes, let De La Rose sit and watch and maybe understand from a different point of view. Gilbert sits. He has been good, but similar players play on D. So, okay, so that was following his earlier tweet where he wanted Paranto and uh, Gonchar to be in the lineup. Uh, MP, who is from Montreal, writes, Paranto, Gonchar, Mahotra, Weaver, and Thomas would be in, and out would be Patterson, Flynn, De La Rose, Mitchell, and DSP. So that's 
<laughs> quite the changes to be made to the Canadians lineup. Uh, we still have a couple of tweets uh, coming in from Flash Duke, who writes uh, Flash Duke tweets from uh, Calgary, Alberta. His lines would be Pacioretty, Plekanets, and Gallagher, Galchenyuk with Eller and Paranto. Uh, 60, that's Thomas, if I'm not mistaken, with uh, Dernay and DSP. And then the third line would be number eight is Braden Prest with Mitchell and Dale Weiss. Thank you, Flash. Next tweet comes from Don, who writes, Start, doesn't Tokarski give Price a rest? Throw sent for a loop. Dustin, the winner, loses. Carrie Price gets, gets game seven and the rest. Okay, thank you for the tweet, Don. And, well, that's one thing that I definitely think the Canadians shouldn't do is uh, put Dustin Tokarski in goal for the next game. Yeah, I, I doubt it. If, if if that happens, I'll go on record. Then I think Michel Terrence should get fired. <laughs> Next one tweet comes from Richard Mellon in uh, Toronto. He writes, I give Lafleur more ice time. Does he mean Dale Weiss? Team is way too offensively challenged and overly predictable on the power play. Thank you for the tweet. Uh, Don writes, Less giveaways and clearing the front of the net so Carey Price can see the puck. So that is adjustment uh, the Canadians need uh, to do. Next one comes from Isabel King, who writes, I would like to see more minutes given to the fourth line. Cut back the patches and Galchenyuk lines. They have done nil. Well, that's, you're probably going to get less scoring if that's why you, if, uh, if the changes that are made. You, you want guys like Pacioretty, Galchenyuk to score goals. Guys like Prust and Mitchell and Flynn, they could bring you some energy but uh, they won't get you goals as uh, as easily. Uh, next one comes from Habs Lady, who is in Newfoundland, and just go, go on the record, we all love Habs Ladies. Uh, this is in regards to uh, what Rick mentioned, where he thinks Canadians have lost the last two games, primarily because no traffic in front of uh, Anderson. And Habs Lady writes, I couldn't agree more. And no one clearing the screen in front of Carey Price. We need to get our shit together for tomorrow. Thank you very much for the tweet. Habs Lady, uh, Laura, who is listening from Laval, Quebec, also agrees with uh, Rick. Next tweet comes from Habs Forever, Bruins Never, from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Totally agrees with Rick. Work hard for Price. He'll work hard for you. Give him a lead to protect and you win. Thank you for the tweet. Next tweet comes from Rob Thompson. He writes, move Veller to the first line, bring in P.A. Paronto and Gonchard to help the power play. Sid De La Rose, move Dernet to uh, the wing. Thank you very much for the tweet, Rob. And Rick, we've seen this in several tweets that came in from our listeners and our followers. A lot of them are asking for De La Rose maybe to sit a couple of games. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I know that uh, on Twitter there's there's been um, uh, that's that's been tweets directed at me too. I've talked about Delarose sitting. I I think people aren't um, appreciating Delarose. They aren't watching him play away from the puck. He's been uh, very responsible. He's been skating up and down. He's been um, you know we 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 saw. Um, I mentioned earlier in the show that 
he's second to, to Eller in terms of Corsi. So uh, he's on a line that's creating chances and preventing uh, opposition chances. Um, I think he's he isn't the the reason that the, that the Canadians are um, uh, you know in trouble if they are. Um, I I would there, there's other candidates you mentioned maybe someone from the fourth line like Flynn that would would come out for Parento. I I don't think um, that De La Rose. I I think he's for his first playoff series he's played pretty well. Uh, Isabel, she writes, uh, this is in regards to Rick. He writes, yes, she agrees. I don't mean stand in front of him. Skate, skate, skate. Creates confusion. Thanks for the tweet. Isabel, your tweet created some confusion with me as well. Uh, and the last tweet comes from Chris LaBelle in uh, British Columbia. He writes, top players are not playing like it. Got to show up. No captain, so let someone step up and fill this role. So thank you very much for the tweet, uh, Chris, and great name as well. And I agree that these top players, the top six forwards, we've mentioned it. Well, actually, we say top six, but I don't think the Canadians have six top six forwards, so we'll say the five of them. Uh, do need to score, need to produce more. Galchenyuk, uh, Pacioretty. Even Gallagher. Gallagher has shown a lot of heart. He's he's had a good series, but at one point, uh, somebody like Gallagher needs to score a goal. Same thing as well for uh, for Thomas uh, Plekanec. And maybe if we touch upon uh, Rick, a comment that Chris threw in there. He writes, no captain, so let someone step up and fill this role. Uh, how do you think uh, the dressing room is right now for the Canadians? Do you expect any one of the four leaders stepping up right now maybe giving a speech or something to rally the troops? Carey yeah, Price was asked that specifically after the game last night, and he said, um, first of all, he said that was going to be kept internal, um, and he said, don't worry that that uh, they have the experience from last year knowing exactly what it takes to win and that the leadership group would handle it. So, uh, he didn't identify anyone specifically. It wouldn't. I would have surprised me if he did. But I suspect that that leadership group is going to um, is going to to say something. And and uh, this team has been very close. They've they've um, you know uh, been able to control things. They've been able to lead. Uh, that group has done a very good job. Even when you know. Um, uh, Michelle Tarian hasn't hasn't been able to make the adjustments. They've taken over in some sense and and uh, and have provided that leadership. So I I expect they'll do the same thing uh, for um, Game Six. And you're right. I think it's gonna it's gonna require, um, as you said before, Galchenyuk's been playing well, but he's got to score. Gallagher, lots of heart uh, on his belly a lot during this series. He's got to bear down. He's got to score. Pacioretty, yes, he isn't 100%, uh, but he's got to score. It's It's got to be those. It, the, the offense has to come from those guys, uh, and and they'll, they'll lead by by uh, example on the ice. And uh, one last tweet that comes in from uh, Montreal, Ian, uh, from obviously from Montreal. He writes... 
load up the lines, more Wies, Eller, and DSP, less DLR, and David Arnais, Galchenyuk, maybe to, to center. So another uh, follower who thinks that De La Rose should probably sit out a game or two. And when it comes to Galchenyuk moving to center, I don't think right now in game 80-something of the season, I don't think it's a time to experiment that uh, at this moment. If they do that, I think he would be set up to fail. So thank you very much, everybody, for your tweets. You can keep them coming at Habs360. Even though we uh, we won't be on the air, we do love to interact with our followers and our listeners, and we do respond to all the tweets that we get. So game six for the Canadians tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Eastern, in Ottawa, the Canadian Tire Centre, a game that could be seen coast-to-coast on the CBC and TVA Sports. If there's a Game 7, hopefully we won't need one. It'll be on Tuesday night. To be determined the time, if you want to bet, it'll be there 7 or 7.30 at the Bell Centre. But like I said, hopefully we won't need it. Coming up in our next episodes, well, it'll be one of the two options. We'll either look, be looking back to the 2014-15 season. I hope I'm, it's not that. Or we'll be, think, we'll be talking about a Canadiens matchup in round number two. So, Rick, I'm feeling good that I think that next week uh, the Canadians will go on and beat the Ottawa Senators and we'll be talking about a round two matchup. What about you? We won't even think about your first option. Um, I predicted, uh, I took the Canadians in, in six. There's still an opportunity that that happens. I think they they will play their best game of the season uh, tomorrow night. And um, definitely, I think we'll be talking about uh, the second round uh, when we come back. Um, But lots to talk about today. This has been really fun. Thanks for inviting me back again. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for joining us, Rick. You can follow Rick on Twitter at all underscore Habs. You can also uh, go to the website allhabs.net for the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens seven days a week. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Thank you to Tony, who gave us a call uh, earlier on. And thank you, everybody, who sent us your tweets, who listened. Don't forget, Habs360 is the most informative and interactive podcast that you'll be able to find out there. My name is Chris G, at ChrisG1980. We'll be back next week on Saturday for another edition of the Habs360 podcast, Go Habs Go, and a prediction will be talking about round two matchups. Enjoy the games. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.